Hello and welcome to the pilot episode of the Real Estate or Death podcast. <laughs> this is about reaching financial freedom through real estate, and I'm going to have a series of guests on to help you achieve that goal. My name is Max Willett. I'm a realtor with Keller Williams in Rhode Island. Wasn't a realtor first, but I like to consider myself an entrepreneur. May not be insanely successful yet, but I'm getting there. <laughs> and I could not be more happy to have on this amazing uh, mortgage professional as my first guest in this pilot episode of this inspiring podcast. So if you could go ahead and introduce yourself, that would be great. Sure. Uh, my name is Jeremy Von Fleetern. I work for Semper Home Loans. I am a loan originator. I have been in the mortgage business for uh, almost 20 years. Um, I enjoy what I do. Uh, I think... Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a fun and, um, rewarding most of the time, uh, position. And, uh, I love helping people. Yeah, absolutely. And this podcast is going to be, uh, a little bit on the shorter side, you know, listen to it on your way into work, get, uh, inspired on your way and, uh, you know, inspire yourself to work hard during the day to get to that financial freedom. And I think something that's really important is that we discuss first, what financial freedom is. Sure. A lot of people make money. A lot of people make a lot of money, but they work and they work and they work and they work and they work <laughs> so on and so on and yeah. so on. There's no freedom. No. It's just, it just financial. Yeah. So differentiating financial freedom from being wealthy are two totally different things. Sure. And real estate, I think, is the most accessible way to get to that financial freedom. Obviously, if you come out with some big product like the shake weight, <laughs> which is always a great example, right. and you become a millionaire, that's obviously a way to financial freedom because they're manufacturing sure. it. You're sitting back in your yeah. multi-million dollar mansion, you know, while these things sell. But for people that don't, yeah, I always say if you ever think a product's going to fail, just remember somebody sold that. It's all yes, about the marketing. That's right. That's right. It's all about the marketing. Always. So, um, yeah, I mean. It, and um, and just reaching that, you don't have to come up with some product idea. It's available. It's there. The biggest thing is educating yourself. And in my opinion, reaching financial freedom is um, maybe buying rental properties, right? Sure. I think I mean, that, that's a great. Yeah. Point. I mean, any kind of any kind of um, residual income, right? I mean, if you're basically creating passive income for yourself on a regular exactly. basis. So, um, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, I. I talk to people when they're first time home buyers. I always ask them if they're interested in owning property. You know, I think um, financial freedom defines itself, or you define it really. I mean, it's because mm -hmm. it's different for everybody. I mean, um, you know, usually you said some people work and work and work, but some people want to work and work and work. Right. You yeah. know, so, um, and so, and you know, in, in the reality is, again, it's whatever it means to you. Um, a lot of times when I'm talking to people initially, I ask them that question, especially if they're first time home buyers. I say, do you have any interest in, in owning multiple properties and trying to create some financial, um, you know, uh, freedom for yourself, you know, and, uh, and, and most are interested. Some are, some are just like, no, I don't want to be a landlord, you know? So, and right. that's, and that's, you know, that's fine, but it, it, it's a great investment. Right. And I think that it's a great way to tackle high interest rates, even though, I mean, let's really think about historically interest rates are pretty, I guess, average right now. You know, yeah. if you were to do like uh, a total graph of interest rates over, over time, yeah, we, I mean, that's the thing is people don't realize we were at historic lows 
a couple of years ago. You know, I'm, two, two yeah. and a half percent for yeah. mortgages is insane. I mean, if you haven't been out in the in the um, financial world, uh, you know, or even needed to you know be a part of that, if you're like yourself, you're in high school, college, mm-hmm. or whatever, um, you know, you don't you're not looking at interest rates as much as you know the average person on a day to day basis, who, right? You know, lives off of you know borrowing money and and you know and and uh, to acquire assets. So um, I think um, you know. If you haven't, if you haven't been in the, you know, out in the buying world for um, since 2012, we'll say, I mean, even before that, really, but you haven't, you haven't known what a real market is, you know, mm-hmm. what real interest rates are. I mean, six percent used to be a normal market. I think now it's going to be closer to five, because obviously the income curve is not following, you know, the inflation. But um, uh, so, you know, I think that's really a normal market. So just we're just over that. I mean, it's, it's average because we have to be over it at some point, right, to make it an average. Right, right. And and I think, and you go back to what you said, people don't want to be a landlord. And when you're young, I mean, you got to make sacrifices. Sure. I think that's really important. And I might be a hypocrite when I say this because I don't think I've made that sacrifice yet. And I'm just going to say that bluntly. Like, yeah. I don't own a home right now. And yeah. it's something that I hope to achieve within the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to swallow that pill. I'm going to get a multifamily. And it, yeah. and it might suck dealing with a renter. But that's a great thing is you get to control who that renter is well, to a certain extent. Yeah. No, 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 um, no income or no... Um, anything worth doing is, is going to be difficult, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, anything, you know, it's not, um, I mean, I like, you know, you hear a lot of the same stuff, right? In the real estate world, we hear a lot of people are like, oh, I could be a realtor. It's so easy. You guys write contracts and, and collect a check. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not what it is. No. But, um, no. and you know, and it is, it's a lot harder than, and people think and be really successful at it. It's really difficult. So. Oh yeah. And, and you have, you have to make, uh, uh, uncomfortable phone calls. Cold calling sucks. It <laughs> is the worst. Like people think, oh, you just pick up the phone and you call people well it's not it's not like that especially when you come from a different background you know i i'm i'm coming from i mean i'm 22 i had my for those of you that don't know me personally i have another business uh it's a 3d printing company called custom 3d and sure i'm running the business i'm talking to people but but most of the time people come to me right they already need the service and, and eventually over time, you know, after doing this for a while, that'll probably be more of what happens to you right. going forward. I mean, you you and I both know realtors who literally their whole business is off of referrals yeah. and they're successful from it. Yeah. You know, and um and once you've been around for twenty, thirty years, mm-hmm. that's that that'll be your business, especially if you're a good realtor. If you're a bad realtor, you won't be in real estate for 20 years, you know? Yeah. And I, and I think it's funny. I think, you know, and you know, it's it, the definition of, of a good or bad realtor is really uh, the perception of, of, you know, the, the, uh, the people, situation the and yeah. Well, I mean, really, so, you know, I mean, it's hard, but you know, I think if you're always working to do the best for the client, you'd be fine, you know, and that's really, Absolutely. that's what you got to focus on. It's hard to make the decision, um, not based on what you need or you want. It's just mm-hmm. what, it's what they need and they want. So right. that's what makes you a good realtor. So, yeah. And I, and I think going back to defining financial, Financial freedom. We went a little off track there, but um, I think a great definition for financial freedom is having passive income. Yeah, you know. I mean, you know, it's real estate is probably it will it is one of your 
guaranteed investments going forward. Mm-hmm. And I think people look at it too short term. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I think too many people think in, you know, in a two to five year term versus, you know, 10 to uh, you're signing a 30 year mortgage. Right. So, you know, right. It's 30 years. Um, and so, and obviously you can sell it and all those other things, but you know, you've got to view it as that first. And mm-hmm. I think that's what helps. I mean, my first house I bought was a two family. It was in Cranston and, uh, right in 2005. So yeah. you know, in 2008, it was worth half of what I paid for it. Right. Um, you know, and, uh, and that's, that's a real thing and that happens, but I sold it a couple of years ago to uh, two years ago for a hundred thousand more than I paid for it. So, I mean, it, you know, in 15 years it was worth it. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I was, I was forced to be a landlord cause I, my family was growing. I had to buy another house. So, um, you know, and uh, you know, it was great. I mean, and it was somebody else paid for it for the most part. And, you know, right. Especially and, with rentals right now, people say, Oh, well, Home prices are so expensive. Well, rentals caught up to that. So Rent, if you're looking, control. even yeah. if you need to spend 350, 400 grand on a multifamily, you yeah. can get 2,000 bucks a month. And that'll okay. subsidize half of, more than half of your mortgage. I mean, yeah, my friend's renting a two family right now. Um, two beds, one bath in one of them, and the three beds, one bath in the other. The three beds getting $2,200 a month. Insane. I mean, it's a nice nice apartment but right i mean i mean right you can rent the house now for over three thousand right and, and the thing is is even if you're losing money let's say you're living on the other side and you're losing money on the house quote unquote you're still gaining equity yeah you know because you have to think long term like you said don't think short term think long term think at least yeah. 10 to 15 years and these are conversations i have with all first-time homebuyers right. i'm telling you i think one of the things that we talk about one of the terms that's used quite a bit in our business is called is house hacking and um, and it, what that is basically is you know you buy you know a multifamily say you buy a four family right and you live in it for a year you you know fix it up do whatever you got to do and then you want to buy another one now you move into a three family and mm-hmm. you can actually continuously put a minimum minimal amount of money down every time if you depending on what types of loans you do if you structure it correctly and um, you know and you're you're progressing getting into a, you know a bigger a nicer neighborhood you know but you can end up owning three or four houses. Um, putting, you know, three to 5% down every time. So, mm-hmm. um, and cause you're going to live in it for a year. So, and that, that is the way to do it by far. Um, you know, you now you have these three family, the first, the four family or three family, you can't really find four families in Rhode Island, no. but let's say the three and family. And if you do their 750 yeah. grand. Right. Know? I yeah. mean, but the rent is covering it. I right. Mean, it's really, it's really crazy. Um, and uh, I just sometimes I look at it, I just can't believe it. But, right. it's, but yeah. you know, you buy something on the east side of Providence. I mean, that'll rent itself forever, and you typically pay the whole year in rent up front, right, uh, to the brown students and stuff. So, right. Um, so you know, it's it's all it's always there, and I, I talk to people about it every time. But you have to look at it that way as a, as a as a thirty year investment. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So we've defined what financial freedom is, and that's a huge part of this podcast. And why did I name it? Give me real estate or give me death. I always get, whenever I tell people that, I, I, that exactly yeah. happens. Yeah. They laugh. Well, I mean, for me, I mean, I think we live in a great country and I'm going to get, sure. not, I'm not going to get political opinions here, but I think that that's political saying that we live in a great country. Just because it has issues doesn't mean it's not great. And we live in a country where financial freedom is achievable and it's accessible whether or not you think that it's all about up here i'm reading a great book right now called positive mental attitude and and it's starting to reshape the way i think i'm 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 really not that far through it but i'm i'm gonna keep reading it and it's a goal of mine to finish that you know within the next week um that's what i preach to kids but i mean it's literally you're positive if you have a positive attitude everything is easier right and and it's easy to say it's easy to say that but practicing it is very difficult yeah so let's get on to what this podcast is going to be really 
discussing. This is a great introductory about the reasoning behind the podcast. And the three questions I'm going to start to ask every guest is, why are you successful? Why you? And do you think you've achieved the American dream? Tying back into yeah. the patriotic uh, aspect of this whole podcast. Yeah. And, uh, you know, obviously there's a lot of different people in this real estate industry when it comes to mortgages, when it comes to being a real estate agent, being an attorney, being a home inspector, being anything that has to do with real estate, there's more than one person in it. If there was only one person, then we would be screwed. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, so let's start off with why are you successful in the mortgage business? Uh, I mean, I think, um, probably because I don't think I am. <laughs> okay. Um, and, and I'll tell you, I mean, I think if you, any, any type a person, um, that's in this industry, that's always trying to do more and always trying to, you know, it, it's mostly driven by the fact that you don't feel like, you know, you're, you've done enough, you know? And right. so, and I think that, um, you know, I, I think I'm successful, not just for that reason. Um, I think I'm successful in the business because of my, my mental attitude. I think, you know, I am not somebody who is going to write a loan for somebody just cause I want to, I want a commission check, you know, or something like that. I, I, I literally try to help everybody. Right. Um, and I know I've, I've passed, I do it all the time. Anybody in this business that sees this or, you know, will absolutely tell you that I, I hand business off to other, other mortgage lenders. I, that's why I'm friendly with most of them in the state or throughout the country, really. Um, you know, I refer people all the time because, you know, it's about the client. It's not about me. And I think that's, right. I think if you go at it from that perspective all the time, it will, you'll always be successful. Right. You know, it's not hard because people can see right through it if it's, if you don't really believe it or, you know, what you're saying. So, um, and so every time I talk to somebody, you know, I start off, my favorite question to start with people is, you know, um, all right, well, tell me about yourself. What do you want to do? And obviously, you know, I know they want to buy a house, right? They want me to help them with the financing piece of it. Um, but they're so taken aback by that, that question because nobody asks, mm -hmm. you know, I'm like, tell me about yourself, you know, tell me about your budget. Tell me what you do. You know, what, how much do you want to spend on a mortgage, you know, on a monthly basis? And, I, and they're like, they, they haven't even thought about it. Most of them don't know. Right. And, um, you know, so, and I think, by going at it from that perspective, trying to figure out what they want, what they need, right? And then and then saying, all right, well, that translates into this type of property. You know, is that what you want to buy? Or do you want to buy something more? Well, that looks like this, you know? Um, rather than me just telling you what you can buy, I don't have to make your payment. You do, right? So that's what I tell people all the time. So I can tell you what you qualify for on paper, but you probably don't want a $4,000 mortgage payment. So, mm -hmm. you know, so and that and I think that's what makes me the most successful in this business. Right. And that will sort of tie us into my next question is why you? Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, why do people choose you over other loan officers? Yeah. And I think, well, obviously what we just talked about is a piece right. of it. But um, the other the other part is that um, uh, is that. I, I went to I went to school to be a teacher. Mm -hmm. Right. So and so I now people are like, well, mortgages are definitely not. That's not, that's not high school. Um, you know, I wanted to be a secondary education math teacher, but I tell you, I know I teach people how to buy houses and I teach people how to move through this insane process. You know, um, obviously when rates get higher and, and, you know, and liquidity gets a little tougher in the, in the banking world, uh, underwriting gets much harder, you know? And so having somebody be able to guide you through that and, you know, be able to explain to you why I need to know why you bought that pack of gum last week, you know, <laughs> that kind of stuff, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? It, it's, it's, um, it's helpful. And I think that makes a big difference for most people, you know? Right. Yeah, and I want to talk about a particular situation. We're not going to name any names or anything like that because of 
client uh, confidentiality. Yeah. But I did a deal with Jeremy uh, as a real estate agent referring business to him for the mortgage. And uh, this t- this story will perfectly sum up, I think, the type of loan officer you are. We had a client who um, was looking, obviously, to buy a house. And this person uh, was leaving a marriage, unfortunately. And uh, basically, in order for this person to get that money, they needed to get the money from their ex-spouse, mm-hmm. trying to be as vague as possible here. Mm-hmm. And that ex-spouse needed to refinance their home mm-hmm. to get that money to give to this person. Mm-hmm. And you were talking or trying to talk to this person, help them guide through this whole process so that that person could get the money to our buyer. Mm-hmm. And that's not something people don't realize this. That's not something that a normal loan officer does. They're yeah. just like, they're just like, uh, Oh, well that sucks. Yeah, I know. I, I, <laughs> they're I know. not just like, they're not like, Oh, well let me talk to this person. Let me see what I can do to help. I want to help you with this. You need a home. What do I need to do to help you with that? Yeah. yeah and, I mean, and, and people don't do that. And, and, I want to thank you because that helped me jumpstart my real estate career. And I know that person who I'm talking about is extremely thankful that you helped them with that situation. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's one of those things. And I think, you know, divorce situations are tough. Yeah. It's, you know, it's never, it's never pretty, no matter what, no matter how amicable it is. It's, you know, uh, my favorite line, and you've heard this before, is money makes people stupid. So, um, you know, and, and, you know, (laughs) I've seen, I've seen so many situations that, you know, you didn't, nobody thought it would go that way, but it did. Right. Mm-hmm. And so anytime there's a divorce situation, you know, most of the time there's one person that handles the, the, the money and the finances in the house and the other person, you know, has no idea how that works, you know, and not by ignorance, just like, well, I guess it is ignorance. It's just like, you know, well, that's being taken care of. Um, so in this particular situation, I mean, very smart woman and, and she knew what she was talking about, um, but didn't have any idea how this process works, mm-hmm. you know, and like uh, a lot of people, yeah, like which a lot most, of people, most exactly. And then, so, um, it's, I enjoy educating those people and helping them figure it out. And, you know, I was talking to her about retirement and things like that. And like, Hey, you know, if you're going to do this, you should put some of it down, maybe not all of it. So you can move some money into you know, this retirement, things like that. Talk to a financial advisor about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and I think that matters to people more than anything else. You know, it's that, you know, I'm really just trying to help. It's not right. just trying to get the loan help. is just a byproduct of right. me helping you. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, I want to make sure you're successful and set up. So, um, it's that same reason why I ask people what they want to spend on a house. You know, I don't right. like, again, I want you to be successful. I want this to work for you. What you the know. bank tells you you can afford and what you can actually afford are yeah. two different things, mm. you know? Right. I mean, I don't see everything, you know, I don't see, I mean, people get, you know, people <laughs> might have a $1,500 car payment, which isn't that unpopular. Right. Well, that I can, that I can see, insane. that I can see on paper, but I don't see, you know, daycare. I don't right. see, you know, certain, certain things certain, like car insurance. I mean, you know, you might, you might have really high car insurance. Right. There's things I don't know that I can't see on, on all your bank statement, your credit. Some things just don't show up. So that's why it's best for you to figure out what you can afford. Right. And then, you know, again, I'll give you whatever. Most people say, well, you tell me. I'm like, no, that's not how this works. No, no. I, and, I, and I will. I mean, listen, I, yeah. people, I will give people whatever they want. It's their mortgage. Right. I'm not going to deny them to the ability to apply for a mortgage. They can do whatever they want, you know, but. Um, the idea is to try and make sure again, that they're set up to be successful. You know, I don't want, I don't want to find out, you know, the house got foreclosed on because, you know, there's no way you can make that payment without eating ramen noodles and not having any heat in the house. Right. So, right. You know, so there's a lot of things to consider. So. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's all great information. And I think 
this is going to perfectly flow into the final question, and I think the question that we could really get the <laughs> deepest into here. Do you think you've achieved the American dream? Yeah, we talked to, I kind of joked with you a little bit about this yesterday, but yeah. um, I said, well, what's the American dream these days? Yeah. Um, you know, I think um, in, you know, the reality is I think that uh, the Amer- what's great about this country is you can have an opinion um, you know, that's completely different than somebody else's or everybody else's doesn't matter. And, you know, and that's that you're afforded that right, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, the American dream for one is not the same for the other, but I do think in general, um, I have a beautiful family. I have, um, you know, uh, we've been through some stuff, you know, over the last couple of years with my son and, and my mother-in-law now, um, you know, so there's lots of stuff going on, but, um, you know, I, when I go home, I'm happy, you know, mm-hmm. and I think that's good enough for me. You know, I, I own my own house and I have a good business and I have a wife I've been with for 23 years. Yeah. Know? So, um, we've been, we were very lucky found each other young cause obviously I'm not that old, um, <laughs> but, uh, but, um, you know, uh, you know, it's, it's great. So I would say, um, I, I am, I'm very happy and I yeah. think that, you know, I think that's really the dream. How do you think? that your opinion on that has progressed over the years? Well, I mean, it changes. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's obviously <laughs> anybody will tell you they have their first kid. It'll change your whole world, you yeah. know, for, for better and worse, both as all, you know, there's lots of there's give and take and everything, you mm-hmm. know, I think the reason why my marriage works is because my, a, my wife puts up with me. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, but B, I, you know, I think there's just where we compromise. It's not a, you know, and, and so, um, you know, I think that, um, over the years, obviously like, you know, going through what we went through with Sawyer, you know, that, um, completely altered things, you know, from my vision of what's good, you know, what, what's mm-hmm. happiness, you know what I mean? So, um, you know, and I, you know, I've been through a lot of things in my life. I've had two of my close friends pass away when I was with them, uh, both mm-hmm. of them. So, you know, and, and when it happened and, uh, and so all those things just alter your perception of like what, you know, what happiness is. But I think that's what the dream is, is to be happy. Right. Like honestly happy, you know, I mean, not Facebook happy, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. you know, and, uh, you know, and really just in be comfortable in your own skin. So. Right. And I think this again, ties back to financial freedom mm. and that gives you the opportunity to be happy. Sure. You know I mean, what I mean? you know, and listen, I mean, this market, you know, it's, it's not as free as we'd like it to be, but the, the passive income, like you were talking about before, mm-hmm. you know, makes it a little easier, you know? It is, I think, you know, anything can be achieved with hard work, but it is the most accessible way to re- reach financial freedom is through passive income and rental properties. Yeah, I mean, you don't in, need in to equity. strike lightning yeah. in a bottle. Mo- right. Exactly. You don't need to strike lightning in a bottle creating the next great chess set. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. you, it's there. It's accessible, yeah. Yeah. and it can be achieved with hard work. Yeah, and, and, and I think it's just, it feels like it's, so far out of reach for some, you know, for most, but it's not, it's not, you're right. And, but I think that's the perception again, for right. people is they're like, how could I own multiple properties and all this? Like, I mean, well, you got to get started. So, right. I mean, you know, it's when you give Max a call, stay out of debt, stay yeah. out, stay out of debt, useless well, debt, yeah, yeah. useless <laughs> yeah, debt. Yeah. Don't I, buy expensive cars yeah. when you're young. I, I have a car that is 10 years old. that has 181,000 miles on it. And I'm struggling to justify spending $25,000 on a car because it has issues, but I'm going to get it fixed and it's going to keep on running. And 
I don't need to go and have a status symbol and go buy a brand new BMW and make yeah. and make people look at me and say, mm-hmm, "Look at him," you know. Yeah. Like I don't care about yeah. that. Yeah, I think I agree. I, you know, I I have, I live in my truck, um, so. But you but know. but you're further along this journey. You can get that sort of things when you're starting out, like me. Yeah. I'm talking to people that are young, yeah. that are 22 years old. Yeah. You don't need to do that. Don't value that. Don't do that. Yeah. Materials will drag you into an early financial grave. Yeah. Buying and getting in debt for materialistic reasons. Yeah. And getting in good debt, buying properties that have uh, appreciation and and equity. You know, a car is a depreciating asset unless you buy something that... There's such thing as cars that can appreciate value, but but not something you can daily drive. Yeah, that's a real expensive car. Exactly. (laughs) So, Um, you know, like that's... that's, If Bentley's your first car, we got a problem. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, I agree, man. I agree. And I think, you know, one of the other things I kind of wanted to point out um, uh, before, and, you know, we kind of got off track a little bit, but one of the things I wanted to talk about is, you know, is people talk about student loans and how, uh, and how, that it is kind of you are set up to be in a tough situation mm-hmm. by the way that that w- the way that they're structured deferring interests you know pe- people like well, payments are deferred well so is the interest so mm-hmm. that's why the values go up but um but i talked to kids uh, students college students all the time i said listen why not buy a house that pays for itself you can live in a unit and pay off your student loans mm-hmm. like instead of paying rent of 1500 2000 whatever it is you're going to pay to live in an apartment own a house, have somebody else pay for it. Are you talking about after you graduate? Yeah, or, or, or even while you're in school. I mean, okay. it's fine. You know, it doesn't matter. You, I might as well, you gotta live somewhere. Yeah. You know, so, um, you know, but yeah, after you graduate for sure, I mean, you're going to go get a, you know, a, a starting position in whatever you're doing, unless you're a doctor. Or ter- well, even then, you know, you probably, you're still not going to be making all the money, right? And, that, yeah. and those student loans are huge. So, yes. um, hundreds of thousands. So, Two, yeah, I have a, I have a family so, member yeah, who's yeah. over $200,000 in debt. So a, if, uh, you own a, if you own a three family and the other two units are basically paying the mortgage and the maintenance of the property, you're not paying rent. And now you're taking that money and putting it onto your student loans and paying them off. Right. I mean, that creates your financial freedom right there rather than pay rent and the student loans. Rent, rent is 100% interest. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I mean, it's gone. So, money out of your pocket. Yeah. It's and just t- like buying a car. It's if you, and if you consider, if you look at it on a bigger scale, like, you know, $2,000 a month is $24,000 a year. Yeah. And that's a lot of money. And, and you know what's funny is, is actually buying a car, I think, is more, uh, uh, it's better for your credit than renting. Because <laughs> yeah. if you make the payments on time, it's going to increase right. your credit score. Right. So buying a car is better than getting than yeah. renting a place. Right. Like, and I, I said, if you can live for free, why not? I mean, right. you know, and then it's, it's not going to be free, but it's going to be close. I mean, it's going to be a lot, much less than you paying rent to somebody not else. Not having rent or mortgage, yeah. I think, would be considered living for free. Agreed. Yes. So, I mean, so I think that, you know, I, that's, I preach that to students all the time. I was like, you know, you, you think it's impossible, but it's probably not. Yeah. You know, it's probably the best time to do it. And what's crazy is that writing down your goals, I think makes it easier to achieve. I am somebody who had a closed mind on just simply writing down your goals. Mm. I was like, what's the point? But not only writing down your goals and sitting down with somebody and talking about them, yeah. it, it changes your total perception of what those goals are and how easily they are achieved. If you don't write it down, yeah. it's just a thought in your head and, and you don't know. You just says, ah, it'll happen it, someday. It feels more real if you write it down. You know it feels I mean? more yeah. attainable. Right. Right. Like, like uh, a short-term goal for me right now is to get my real estate license in New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. To start my transition to you have people up there, yeah. right, yeah. start my transition to moving up there. Yep. And uh, I wrote it down. I kept saying to myself, "Well, what do I got to do? What do I got to do?" In my head, in my head, in my head. I wrote it down. 
I'm go- I'm gonna get the course now, and I'm gonna get my license by the end of the year. Nice, good for you. You know, for yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, it's super helpful, and I right. think I think when you sit down and actually write it out, I think that a lot of even if even from a budget perspective, I think most people don't do this. And if you just sat down and put it down on paper, you'll easily see why it makes more sense to to do something like that like mm-hmm. you know to buy a multifamily and, and you know again not that they're easy to find these days but if you don't start now it'll never happen you right know? so you know you got to at least see it so, so you know when you sh- when you see that you can instead of if you could put two thousand dollars a month under your student loans they'll be paid off pretty quickly right you know what i mean even like, and if you don't have student loans and you're getting that rental income and you can afford the full mortgage yeah. and then you pay that extra two thousand dollars on top of yeah, the mortgage I wouldn't put on the mortgage but yeah that's a that's a financial advisor question, but I, yeah. you know, I, you know, I, I mean, you can make more. Way, if you're a young person, you can right. make way more money else, 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 all right. sorts of other places. Right. Way. But, but um, you know, yes, I mean, if that's your goal is to pay off the mortgage, then, then do that. I mean, whatever, you know. So there's there's lots of different situations right. for different yeah, people. Yeah, it's all dependent on you. But if you don't, again, if you don't put it into action, you don't ask so many questions about can I do this? You know, mm-hmm. you'll never know. So I, so I try to tell students all the time. Friends of mine have kids in college. It's like, so when do we buy a house? You know, like, and, the, and they just look at me like I have three heads, but I'm like, and then you talk to them about it and they're like oh wow why not right especially if you're a parent with kids in college like around university of rhode island and narragansett there's a lot of good opportunities because they have your kids have friends hopefully and uh, (laughs) and those friends can be renters yeah i mean they're renting they're gonna rent a room somewhere anyway right they they might as well you know they might as well pay you know rent a room that you that's paying your mortgage right um yeah i mean absolutely you know it's a it's definitely a missed opportunity if you don't own the property rather than paying housing to a college. And I know some colleges require you to, but as soon as you don't have to, like right. freshman year or whatever it is, then you I mean, should you're buy talking, something. You're talking 12, it was $12,000 a year for a 12 by 12 room at the URI campus for a dorm room, shared showers. Yeah. There were exposed wires. The paint was peeling off the wall. $12,000. And that was four years ago. Right. Who knows what it is now? Right. Because college, I remember it from yeah. when I was, a, I don't know, must, I must have been a sophomore in high school, and I was really interested in the University of New Haven over in Connecticut. Yeah. I really liked the school. And from the time I was a sophomore in high school to when I was a senior, I think it went up $10,000. That's crazy. And, and, you know, in that same time, so we're talking what could be almost $20,000 a year for room and board on a campus. Right. You're gonna, it's gonna go, and you're gonna get a stupid high interest rate too for student loans. Right. Like you're talking ten plus percent, depending on your credit score, for a student loan. So it's gonna go to debt anyways. Yeah. So I mean, if you own the house for three years while they're in school, and and you don't, you decide you don't want to, you don't want it anymore. Probably the equity you'll gain, especially in this area, you know, the equity you'll gain will probably pay off whatever loans they did get. Right. You know I mean, so it's like, you just gotta see it. That you gotta, you gotta, and I get it. It's not for everybody. It's you know, it's gonna take work, and you're gonna have to manage the property which there are people that'll do that for you too Mm -hmm. you know so um but you know it's it's it'll easily it's way it's a way better financial decision to do it that way um you know again some people just don't want to do the work but then you pay for it Mm -hmm. absolutely so uh yeah i mean i really appreciate you coming on the podcast this has been a great conversation great inaugural episode of real estate or i'm honored i'm honored you should be you should be <laughs> so uh hopefully you guys listening to this got inspired and are 
starting out your journey to reach financial freedom through real estate. And we're going to have a lot of great guests on. So keep an eye out for that. Um, Jeremy's on Facebook, right? So <laughs> yes. follow Jeremy. Place, yeah. Jeremy Von Flatern, not Von Flattern, for those of you listening. He gets very angry. So, nah, yeah. so <laughs> I gave up on that a long time ago. Sawyer gets angry. I don't know. He'll give up on it too eventually. Yeah. So, um, yeah, really appreciate it, man. You thank bet, you man. for coming on. Yeah, a lot of great it. knowledge. And uh, thank you guys for listening. And uh, we will catch you in the next one.